0: Hi, I'm Derek T. Dingle, Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer for Black Enterprise. Welcome to our debut episode of Boardroom Chats, hosted by Nationwide. I'm so excited to present this new podcast series to you, our audience. Each episode, we will talk with board members of major corporations who will share how their deliberations and decisions affect the financial health of companies as well as shareholder value. Moreover. We will review how their actions directly impact you whether you're an employee manager consumer business owner or investor to kick off our series my first guest is a game-changing corporate leader who drives inclusion innovation and excellence at one of the nation's largest companies gail v king executive vice president chief administrative officer for nationwide a fortune 100 financial services company with about 27,000 associates. In this role, the 30-year veteran is responsible for providing leadership for its human resources, diversity and inclusion, corporate real estate, corporate security, and aviation operations. Under her stewardship, Nationwide has been recognized for its leading HR practices and as an employer of choice for its strong culture, performance orientation, engaging work environment, and commitment to DNI. As such, Nationwide has been listed among Black Enterprise's best companies for diversity. In terms of corporate governance, Gail serves as an independent director for J.B. Hunt and AutoZone. And due to such achievements, Black Enterprise has honored Gail with the 2020 Women of Power Legacy Award and named her one of our 50 most impactful women in business over the last 50 years. Gail, thank you for being our first guest for the debut episode of Boardroom Chats. Uh, Wonderful. This is, uh, I'm looking really forward to this conversation.
1: My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it as well.
0: Yeah. Well, the first question, because this is the first episode, is why is it important that our audience knows what happens in the boardroom? Why are those deliberations important to the audience that is most oftentimes oblivious to boardroom interactions and you know, what happens with corporate directors?
1: Yeah. Again, it depends on the audience. I mean, you know, one of there are some people who are interested in ascending and taking on roles in the boardroom. Uh, And then I think for anyone who is an employee at corporate America, that they need to have a sense of the important discussions that's going on, especially as it relates to talent and culture and diversity. Um, So again, the more knowledge you have about how decisions are made, uh, the more uh, you will be prepared to understand how to be impactful in whatever arena you're in. So again, I think knowledge is power Uh, And the more information you have, the more it will help you decide, you know, how you can navigate within your um, respective areas.
0: So why was it important for you to be a member of a uh, corporate board? And share with us the process of you becoming a member of the boards of both AutoZone and J.B. Hunt. Was that your decision or did they come to you? How did that process, how would how that process, yeah. uh, how did you I, engage in that process?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's natural uh, for leaders who have held um, you know, senior level roles in organizations uh, to look around at some point in their career journey to say, what else can I do? How else can I add impact? And it's back to your initial question where you asked, you know, what goes on in the boardroom? Well, I've been a senior executive for uh, many, many years. So I understand the important role board members make in you know, strategic decisions, but also in that talent and culture. And you know, for me, how then do you continue to add value? And being a corporate director is the highest level of governance that you can provide any organization. So, uh, so at some point in my career, I was like, okay, I have proven that I know how to be a great executive. I know how to get things done. Uh, and that, you know, what's the, next, uh, what's the next move for me? What else do I want to do in order to continue to contribute? And, um, and I, I made a decision and I had had many people say, Gail, uh, because of your experience with talent and culture and DNI, that you would be good uh, for a board. And, uh, you know, so what you do then is, you know, you, you do an assessment of whether or not you really have something to offer. I felt I had something to offer and you leverage your networks. And I was so very fortunate to have individuals uh, who have been very supportive of me and advocating on my behalf. Uh, It's a relationship game. You have to have the skills, but you have to have someone who is on a board. I had someone on AutoZone, someone also on JB Hunt who uh, could at least bring your name to the forefront and uh, advocate for you. So in terms
0: of looking at those two boards, AutoZone and JB Hunt, why were those boards important for you to join? Why was it important for you to join yeah. those boards? Is it, you know, was it what they represented? Was it the industries that they were in? Uh, what were the factors that drove yeah, that decision? That,
1: I mean, that's a really great question because a lot of people are looking for boards and they're trying to figure out, well, where do they add value? Uh, you know, so again, I think for me, and I, as I was making my decision, it was about really what was the mission and purpose of the organization. Uh, you know, could I get around that? You know, uh, did I feel that they were committed to what I valued? Um, and did I feel as though I would be, did, were they serious about having someone added to the board uh, who had a point of view? So again, um, sometimes people get caught up and say, you know, I only wanna be on a board that provides me an opportunity to to do something around, you know, retail or manufacturing or whatever. Uh, For me, it's all about, you know, what does the company stand for? Are they committed uh, to people? Are they committed? Do they have a purpose? They're committed to their communities. And most of all, you know, the team, the people that I'm gonna be interacting with you know, will they be people that I, that I, you know, want to be around? I mean, you know, I'm at a wonderful point in my career. And I think most people are at this stage where you're doing things in which you feel that you can add value and that you want to do. Um, So again, I think you start with mission and purpose. You start with, you know, will they value you? You start with whether or not you believe that it will be a place in which um, your voice can be heard.
0: So, Today, we're looking at an environment where we have a number of corporations that have made pledges to racial equity. Um, from your vantage point, is that starting to translate more in terms of board recruitment? Yeah. And, you know, and what's the value of having an African-American or diversity on a board?
1: Yeah, well, I think, and we've said this for years, you know, but you know, all of the research from all of the experts clearly show the value of diversity. But at the end of the day, every corporation is trying to grow their business and they're trying to, and they, and, and, and growth is colorblind. Uh, But if in fact, you're trying to grow your business and, uh, and uh, ensure that your customers feel valued, then you absolutely have to have people in your organization and at, and on your boards who represent diversity of thinking. You know, that's why sometimes a board is looking for people only with finance experience or only with marketing experience. You need diversity of uh, not only thinking, but of demographics, you need, you need diversity because at the end of the day, we all bring a different lens to the table And if everyone has the same lens, there's no way you're going to be able to innovate and create for the future. So So diversity is, I mean, it's it's the same reason diversity is so important in corporate America. Uh, And we have seen examples and I won't call out those corporations, but those corporations who create brands uh, that they are trying to attract a, a certain community and the people who developed the advertising did not consider the fact that they didn't have a lens of those experiences. So again, I mean, we know the data, but at the end of the day, it's really about whether or not those CEOs are intentional about making it happen and the board is intentional about making it happen. And I think it's a great time. Yeah,
0: well, I I talked to uh, one board member, I asked them the same question and they said, well, They need me on the board to keep them out of trouble, (laughs) you know, because, you know, as you talked about, advertising campaigns, branding, policies, those could be, you know, huge, not only embarrassments, but they can really hit the top and bottom line if they're, they don't have the, the, you know, the circle of diversity to help, you know, talk about these issues, to talk about how they position themselves.
1: Not only positioning themselves to their customer, which is at the end of the day, extremely important, but it's also about positioning themselves to attract and retain talent Uh, because it's a talent game. The success of any organization is dependent upon their talent. And if you have a skill that's valuable and you are working at a company and you don't see yourself and you don't feel that they're committed uh, to what's important to you, then you take your skills someplace else. And um, so, again, I mean, there is a I mean, the, you know, the research has proven that companies who and I mean, you know, from any of the experts, the McKinsey's, all of them uh, clearly have shown the correlation between diversity and business results and innovation. So, uh, again, um, to me, it makes sense. And, you know, I'm proud that at the company I work on at Nationwide, we clearly we understand it. Uh, we've leaned into it. And uh, we've seen the, uh, the positive results, not only in terms of our company results, but how our employees feel about working at our company.
0: But for every nationwide, there are other companies that just don't, you know, just don't get that, or they just don't see it as part of their either cultural or business mandate. Uh, for example, the recent Harvard Business Review study showed that 0.2 candidates, 20, 0.2% of candidates that are considered for boards are either ethnic min- or ethnic minorities. 0.2%, it's not even 1%. So it's, um, what can you know, African-American board members or African-American senior managers do to you know, change that equation?
1: I think you have to have the courage to ask for what you want. And I think you have to have the courage to walk away when something isn't working for you. Uh, But I think if you're on a board, I, you know, I speak to Butch at, um, you know, who was on AutoZone. Uh, You know, he has a, he's very courageous with his voice about, you know, ensuring diversity. Uh, He knows the business, but he also understands the power of talent and culture. Uh, I think that every African-American who is on a board should see it as their responsibility and accountability when they're in the room to say, we need to do better. And be unapologetic about that. Um, so we have a role to play to say we need to do more um, and not and not ignore it. And then you know, businesses when you work in a company, um, you know, uh, I love associates who come to me and say, you know, Gail, Nationwide can do better in this space uh, because mm-hmm. what they're saying is I'm invested in you and what I see I don't like. And if we value them we will make, we will do what we need to do. So I think more people need to speak up and uh, speak out and, um, and, and hold our board and the senior leadership team to making the change. They can't make the change overnight, but they need to be able to show them that they have a plan and they have a journey. And I think that most corporations, if you if you if you ask them and if you uh, hold them to it, I think they'll they'll lean they'll lean into it. And and I do think that that this is a time that more and more of them are understanding that they have got to do they've got to put more and more focus on it. Um, you know, it's not it's never from a place of not doing it. I think from time to time it just hasn't been high, the highest priority.
0: So that interaction is the obligation. Not only of the board member but it's also at all levels within the corporation
1: every but you know again i i tell people i i believe that asking for you what you want or expressing uh, a concern in a constructive way is a really positive way to make change and again if you are managing and and requesting something in a really constructive way and that organization isn't able to hear you, and uh, then that's not where you want to be. At some point, you have to say, you know, this, it's like what I said to you earlier about, you know, so many people want to, they want to be on boards, but you want to be on a board that values what you value. You want to be on a board in which, you know, you feel that the time you're investing in them, that they are totally committed to the things that's important to you. So I do believe that people should ask uh, you know, but they should do it in a, in a way that says, I, want, I, I see you and I think we're better than this. And that together we can create something really great.
0: Well, letting uh, our audience know that, you know, just so that they didn't know, the board is the CEO's boss. He, the, it is. The board evaluates the CEO it and, uh, and evaluates it, the CEO on all measures you know, in terms of meeting the company's mandate to increase shareholder value, but also to maintain a, a culture that produces innovation, uh, greater results, that's forward-looking, and all of that, as you said, includes diversity and, and yeah. having diversity at all levels. You know, that's, that's an important measure for the board, yardstick for the CEO to, um, uh, to, to hit. Yeah in terms of the board reviewing his or her performance. Yeah.
1: And if you're on a board, you should make sure that that it's someplace you can be proud of. It's like, it's back to my point. You want to work for a company you can be proud of. If you're going to be on a board, you know, if that board is not committed to the things that you can say I'm proud of, that's not a board for you either.
0: Well, one of the um, big issues that we're looking at right now is, diversity in this C-suite, you know, the looking at CEOs that are positioned. And right now, if you look at, if you look at the fortune 500, there are now, you know, five, uh, African-American CEOs, um, and congratulations you
1: know, to our newest African-American yeah. CEO, the amazing, amazing Roz, Roz, we're really
0: excited I for her. Yeah, yeah. I, we're extremely excited that that development happened. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to pour cold water on it, but come March, <laughs> that five goes to four when Roger Ferguson of TIAA retires. Right. So, you know, what can be done to change the numbers, the percentages of African Americans? who are CEOs of publicly traded companies. A couple of years ago, Ken Chenault said where we are was embarrassing, but there hasn't been a, a change in that, you know, in that development. And we know at the board level, you know, CEO succession is a part of you know, your responsibility and, yeah. you know, and having diversity in terms of you know, the the leadership of the corporation, that falls on your your plate. So yeah. what needs to happen to ensure that we have more African-Americans? Yeah. Well,
1: now? I think a lot of what is happening, I think that there are more and more um, uh, African-Americans on boards. And the more you increase the diversity of boards, then the more you'll begin to see uh, that uh, those board members will be asking, You know, when you're putting together succession planning for CEO, they wanna see diversity. Um, you know, what we're saying is that, you know, we don't want you to put someone in a job that shouldn't be in a job, but we wanna make sure that you uh, that you're developing the talent pool so that you have people for those jobs. So again, I think, um, and then I think that the CEOs have an accountability to ensure that they have general, that they're developing general managers for those C-suite levels. So again, I think, uh, I think it starts with the board, but I also think the CEOs play a critical role and having a pipeline of talent that uh, can compete for the CEO role, because it is really about the experiences that you're building as you go. Um, and uh, sometimes, you know, I think a lot of people get they they stall at a certain level, and the CEO has to be deliberate about that. Um, you know, one of the things that you've heard me in prior interviews talk about being very intentional. Uh, You have to be very intentional about ensuring that you have diversity, that you have diverse candidates. Um, Just like you, you know, I I always, when people ask me about it, I was like, you know, when we decide to grow or when we decide to divest or when we decide to acquire, we're very intentional about that. Uh, And we should have to be very intentional about ensuring that we have the diversity we need for the future. So, again, I... um, you know, I, I'm always the optimist, um, right. and I do believe that, um, I believe people are keeping it front and center. I certainly believe the proxy advisors, uh, you know, I think, you know, all of those um, uh, stakeholders, I think all of the shareholders are all asking more and more questions about ESG, uh, asking about DNI, And so the more you have people who are asking questions about these things, the more it holds Boards as well as CEOs and senior managers accountable for change.
0: Well, uh, Gail, you know this probably better than a host of um, you know corporate leaders out there. You know, having been you know continuing your role as executive vice president and chief administrative officer at um, Nationwide, you you know about talent development. You know how to create a pipeline. Yeah. How do you guide? CEOs and senior managers to create that C-suite pipeline. Where do you start? Do you start at the beginning of an associate's career? Do you look at them as they rise to middle management? How, how, how would you guide in a boardroom someone to a CEO to ensure that they have a healthy pipeline of diverse yeah. diversity?
1: So one of the things I would say is start with the board. Uh, and I'm really proud that at Nationwide, our board of directors uh, require that uh, the CEO brings his senior team in quarterly, uh, different senior leaders to come in and give an update on the talent of their organization. So what, because oftentimes you wanna leave it to HR uh, to come in and give an update on that. Well, you know, I'm fine helping you, but you're the one that needs to drive it. And so, you know, our business units have to come in and they have to show that they have succession that they have candidates ready to replace them, and there's a requirement that it be diverse. It can't just be, you know, uh, you know, this one person or two people. So again, I think the board can start with an expectation because the one thing about the board uh, is that when the board is asking questions, everyone's listening, uh, and uh, you know they're willing to respond. And the CEO you know, certainly, as you mentioned earlier, reports to the board, but they too can ask the same thing. So, um, the reality is, is that if you're trying to develop leaders for the future, it starts when they enter corporate America in their first professional role. Oftentimes, people get stuck in the mid-manager role. So, you have to have processes and systems in place to to understand what happened to all of those rising entry-level professional people and why did they get stuck in mid-management. And so you have to have a robust talent planning strategy in which you can begin to see what is your uh, retention? What is your attrition? What's happening to people? Where do they stall out? uh, And then put things in place. Uh, You know, years ago, we were looking and we saw, and it's not an issue now, where we saw that women, uh, they were having tremendous success up until a certain grade. Uh, and then what we said is what was getting in the way of that? And, and and again, it's about data. The more data you have, the more you can then, it can inform your decisions and inform the questions. So why is it that, you know, uh, John and Gail started at the same time, had all of the same experiences, but when it came time to get to a a president's role, we couldn't get John, uh, Gail there. Uh, what was happening? And a lot of times what we found it was sponsorship, our uh, mentorship. And so what we did is we created sponsorship opportunities for managers early on. So again, I think you have to do the assessment. You have to get the data. You have to see where there's a problem. And then you have to be committed to putting plans in place to address it. It's like anything. You got to have the data, but you got to want to do it. You know, you've got to want to do it. If you don't want to do it, then nothing happens if you don't want to do it.
0: Well, it goes back to what you say about being intentional. Yeah. And, you know, we do our annual survey of where corporations are on the S&P 500 in terms of, you know, African-Americans on boards. And we're still in the area of 37% of companies on the S&P 500 have no African-Americans on board. But in our last, you know, survey, we found that 100% of the S&P have women and those are white women, you know, just given, you know, largely white women, given, you know, the percentages. So why was that, why has that become intentional? And in fact, there's legislation in California, there's legislation in other states, uh, state treasurers, as well as comptrollers making a part of their guidelines in terms yeah. of investing in pension funds of corporations. Why hasn't there been that level of intentionality yeah. with um, African-American candidates?
1: Yeah, again, I think um, there, there was a major focus to do women. And, um, and you can see that there has been improvement. Uh, it still, I mean, it still isn't where it needs to be. Uh, but um, I think that uh, minorities, like I said earlier, the minorities who are on boards need to bring a minority on the board with them. You know, so we've got to lift. I believe that women, you know, have done a really great job of lifting other women. I think minorities need to do a really, we need to also do the same. Uh, to lift uh, other minorities.
0: Yeah, our, our late founder, um, Earl Graves Sr., often told me how he got on the uh, Chrysler board years ago. Uh, John Johnson was on the board. When he retired from the board, he said, I want Earl to replace me. <laughs> you know, he was that deliberate. And, uh, and it happened. You know, he, he had that level of respect, that level of, of authority. And uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Graves had the credential and the and could bring some value to the board, and it happened because it was just that level of being proactive and intentional to make. We
1: have to. I mean, we again, we have to also, you know, say this is important. Uh, You know, we have to be. You know, I. You know, one of the things I ask people all the time. You know, in the role I have. You know, I have a responsibility to the entire organization and I'm totally committed to that. I'm also totally committed to ensuring that nationwide looks like the communities we work and serve. And I'm fortunate that I have a board and a CEO that understands that and does that as well. But I think that every African-American, every Hispanic-American, every woman should also be looking to say, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, what else can I do to help improve this? Who have, who have I recruited? Who have I referred? Uh, you know, so again, I think some of that with women, I think they've done a really good job of bringing on other women. I think we've done it. I think that there's more we can do.
0: Yeah, and and also another case for board diversity is that uh, there are occasions where the CEO is taken from the board to run the company as a leader of the company. Uh, When we look at the S&P 500, a perfect example is um, Arnold Donald of uh, Carnival um, Corp. You know, he was on the board. They had a board, they had a CEO search <laughs> yeah. and they decided that, you know, Arnold was the best person positioned to lead the company. The same thing happened with Lisa um, Wardell, who was the on the board of DeVry, which is now called at Education. And she became CEO because they found as a board member and what the value she brought as a board member translated also into leadership of the corporation and moving yeah. the corporation forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, you get to have your, you wanna be in the room where the conversations are happening and you wanna be able to be impactful. Uh, yeah. and, um, and, you know, we're always being watched no matter where we are at. And so you never know when people are like, oh, those skills are better served, not on the board but perhaps uh, in an operational role. So a good, good point.
0: But, you know, I I want to shift the conversation a bit um, because, you know, you deal with a vast array of, um, you know, corporate challenges and corporate initiatives. Um, Share with us what went on in some of the boardrooms, if you can, you know, I know there's a level of fiduciary responsibility that you have on the board that you cannot, you know, share openly with our audience, but give us a feel, if you will, how a board attacks a problem like the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, how do you go about that process in terms of, you know, securing the company, making sure it moves forward as a business, but also protecting the employees and other stakeholders within the company?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you have to, one of the things that's important for, I think everyone to understand is that the board is not management. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the board has a CEO, and a senior management team, and in many cases, thousands of associates, the board's accountability is to ensure that that the CEO is paying attention to all of the things that needed to be paid attention to, and uh, is bringing them updates that says that, you know, they've identified the risk, they've mitigated the risk, this is how we're handling it. So again, it's really about you know our, the job of the board primarily is to ensure that it's getting done, not to do it. Uh, the CEO uh, is certainly coming in and uh, providing us with updates on what is happening. And you know, depending on which role you're in on the board, I mean, you know, some are more focused on the on some of the audits, others are on what's happening with the people. But we're all looking at it holistically from our from our lens to ensure that you know the culture is able to sustain, the cultures are the customer needs are being met. But again, you rely on your CEO. Uh, that's uh, uh, one of the big things that I learned at Nationwide. Um, I, I am in my role as the chief administrative officer, I have HR and so I am the board liaison to the HR committee you know, very early on, you understand there's a big difference. You know, a lot. oftentimes many people want to come in, they still want to do their job that they had. Uh, that's not your job. Your job is to ensure that the work is being done and you're asking the right questions. Well, I, I'm glad you
0: made that distinction as we clarify the responsibility of the board to the corporation and its relationship with the CEO. The board is not management. The board's uh, job, if you will, is Oversight and, oversight and guidance and advice yes. and strategic advice and
1: the strategic
0: yeah yeah and which which uh, of course you are um, perfectly positioned to uh, <laughs> to be engaged in uh, given yeah. your your history um had another question that went to a comment that you made in terms of shareholders being more vocal being more active and as we look at different issues in the corporation, whether it's diversity, whether it's this corporation's stance on the environment. Yes. Um, what are you looking at in terms of what um, stakeholders and shareholders are asking for today? How you know, I know that changes from company to company, but is there a common themes that you're that you see in terms of the boards that you serve on?
1: that? I mean, again, I think, you know, we all live in America, you know, Uh, we're all trying to grow our businesses. We're all trying to ensure that we're in compliance with whatever the laws are, the regulations are for our state. So I I think every corporation is looking at all of the environmental social governance issues. I think the investors are looking at it. You know, I think the shareholders are looking, the proxy advisors are looking at it. Uh, diversity and inclusion, I, I mean, you would almost be tone deaf not to be paying attention to the things that's important, um, you know, to all of these key stakeholders. So uh, I don't see a difference. I mean, you know, they may look at it through a different filter. They, they, like, you know, climate control or the environment is different depending on what type of business you're in and how you're contributing to that. Uh, but they all have that as an agenda item, and you know, from a good governance perspective, any board member, any board is going to be asking management, "What are they doing? What are you doing to ensure, you know, that um, you know that we're that we're honoring and living into the things that we should be doing in that space?" Yeah. I, I haven't seen a difference. I see the same topics. You know, succession is always top of mind. Uh, but certainly talent is always top of mind. D, E, and I, uh, you know, the environment is taking on a bigger, bigger role, um, you know, and, you know, purpose. I, you know, shareholders are, you know, all about purpose and, you know, uh, you know growth, profit, and purpose. <laughs> well, which, which goes first, profit or
0: purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that they
1: can, you can, you can do both.
0: Okay, okay. Um, you can do both. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of what we get back from our audience in general is that uh, more people, um, whether they're employees, whether they're shareholders, whether they're suppliers, are looking for um, corporate, corporate leadership. You know, they're looking for corporations to lead not only their corporations, but to play a larger role in leading this nation. You know, we're just at a a time where, you know, the the country is looking for that, I know we have a new administration, but they're looking to ensure that we don't go, that that vacuum doesn't go unfilled. And they believe that corporations can play a larger role.
1: I mean, corporations play a huge role. And, you know, and that's why, when I said earlier, um, is that, but we all have to be, no matter where we are in our companies, we all have to be willing to have our voices heard. And we have to be willing to hold people accountable for being their best selves. And uh, you don't have to beat them up to do it. But you know, if you are sitting down and you've worked at a company and that company values you and you say, you know what, I love this company, but you all are not doing, you're not leaning into this. Um, I think that um, only a place you would not wanna be Uh,
0: would not be responsive to that. I have um, one other question. So you talk about, you know, leaning into challenges. Um, I'm an employee. I may be um, a new employee. I may be a middle manager or what have you. And I want to lean into problems as a board member, like, like Gail King. How do I get on that path to becoming a uh, corporate board member? Or where should I start? what advice would you give someone about becoming or uh, getting on a, 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 either a corporate board or starting that process?
1: Well, it depends on where they are in their career. I mean, you know, people have to understand that boards are not a place for you to develop. It's a place where you come prepared to contribute. So I think sometimes, you know, that's, that's the difference. You know, it, it is not a developmental assignment for you. I mean, you know, the board members are responsible to the and accountable to the shareholders. So you have to come giving something to that board. So you have to sort of know where you are on your journey. I mean, if you're starting out your career in a company and you've been in the company for a few years, I would really encourage you to get involved with things that the company values Uh, nationwide is huge on. Uh, and and in fact, the other you know, both JB Hunt and AutoZone are very huge in supporting the communities. Um, you know, so if that's important to the company, then you should say, how can I get involved with the things that that company values? Uh, how do you get on not-for-profit boards? Depending on where you are in your journey, um, you know, and how you know, how do you get on special projects? I mean, again, you have to build a portfolio and you build it based on the level you're at you know if you are if you are at a certain level in an organization you you can't be the CEO likewise you can't expect to go and run a board so you have to ensure that you have made it to the level where the experiences you're bringing will add value to that board but that does not mean that there are not other things that you can do that you can begin to build those skills like i've served on a number of not-for-profit boards, I've been very active in my church, I've been involved with a number of different, you know, professional organizations. All of those things help you build the skills that you need uh, in order to help you prepare for the time when all of your experiences come together that you then can add value uh, to a board that has an accountability to its shareholders.
0: So much about being on a board is having the board members look to you and the CEO look to you for judgment, and that comes with um, seasoning, that comes with um, experience, and um, and that's something that um, prospective board members should um, sh- should realize, especially given where the place they are in their their career or their aspiration to be on yeah. a board.
1: Right. I, I, again, um, you know, as you're pursuing a board, I really tell people to remember that it is not a developmental opportunity for you. Uh, It really is about an opportunity for you to add value. And you need to ensure that you have the experiences uh, and uh, that will enable you to add value when you take on that role. It is a major responsibility I mean, it's certainly an honor, but you want to be able to come to the table, able to make a difference.
0: Well, Gail, this has been a a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. This is the perfect conversation for the inaugural episode of Boardroom Chat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I appreciate the opportunity always to speak with, you know, you, Derek, and uh, Black Enterprise. So... I appreciate talking about it. I am loving board work. Um, uh, And again, you know, my main message to people is to just, you know, get in the way of whatever it is you want, you know, do the work and let people know that you're interested in a board, Um, go for it. So thanks. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. All
1: right. Thank you.